Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. I hit the wrong button. All right, everyone. Welcome once again with the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pastolka, and I am excited today because we have none other than Kirby Monasteam here today and with content redefined. Kirby, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's awesome to have you, man. We had you were on the faces, not the you were on the manufacturing e-commerce success series a while back. We had an awesome comment or conversation there, and we wanted to extend that conversation in a little different direction and and talk today. We're going to be talking about your background. We're going to be talking about marketing, your your approach to marketing, and then we're going to talk about networking redefined and how you're launching a new networking group. So. Kirby, you're in sunny Florida today, I believe. I am. It is not so sunny here today. However, on most days, it is sunny. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That That's great because you do need a reprieve from the sun every once in a while. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and kind of your marketing journey, kind of how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, so first of all, again, thank you so much, Damon, for having me here. It's always a privilege to spend time with you. Um, so thank you for that. Um, in terms of my background, so I started off as a customer service representative working for J.P. Morgan Chase um, as I put myself through school. And um, I went to CW Post College in, um, on Long Island in New York. And when I graduated from college, um, I then was promoted at J.P. Morgan Chase into a quality assurance role um, where I led a quality assurance team. And then probably about a year and a half later, I was promoted to, to the lead in a marketing communications role. Um, so I managed a team of folks that were responsible for um, putting out a number of marketing communications to clients, to internal teams and vendors, to partners, um, as well as to other constituents within the organization. Um, so that was a while ago. That was about 25 years ago, maybe All right. more than that. Um, but that's where my career kind of started. Um, so like I mentioned before, I went to school for business management, um, and then I have a minor in marketing. Um, but I have, so I started in JP Morgan Chase, marketing communications. Um, after that, I worked for um, American Express uh, for a period of time. I managed um, a lot of their lifecycle marketing efforts. Um, and I also did some acquisitions. So bringing in new clients and then helping them to stay with the franchise um, was part of my role there at American Express. And then um, I've also worked for General Electric um, in their credit card division. And again, uh, I mainly was responsible for life cycle marketing. So everything from, you know, bringing new uh, credit card users on board to how do we keep them engaged and continuing to use their card throughout the life cycle of their time as a card holder with um, that business. Okay. Um, so those are some of the big companies that I've worked for, but you know, I have worked for smaller companies as well. Um, I was the brand manager for an event production company in New York City. Um, I've worked for Turneau um, doing marketing. So Turneau is a famous watch company. For those of you that live in New York, you may be aware of it. Um, I did social media marketing for them. I was actually a pioneer of the social media marketing um, for American Express. So I led the first social media um, acquisition group 
at American Express in their credit card division. Um, so okay. I started that and that was how do we integrate a social media strategy into um, our overall, you know, overall marketing strategy yeah. for our clients and for our business. So I was, I was, you know, I started that team and I was very instrument, instrumental in creating the content, measuring the analytics and really delivering, you know, social connection through the uh, American Express brand. Wow. I, that, that is when you start talking about that, it made my mind kind of race because kind of explain, and, and I know we may be getting off just slightly off topic here, but sure. what was it like before social media and what was it like after you had social media? Because that was in the time when social media was becoming a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So social media was, 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 I wouldn't say brand new, but social media was on the cusp of becoming something large. Yeah. Um, and, you know, prior to that, you have all of your traditional marketing channels, right? So the way you really talk to people or influence people would be through direct mail. Um, it would be through your website content, right? So you, you have a lot of your traditional channels. But when we broke the mold with social media and, and, and utilizing that in marketing strategy, what we did was we opened a whole new element of how people connect with one another which is a, yeah. a large part of my overall business strategy and how I take marketing in a different approach. Because for me, it's all about the, the story that you're able to tell about who you are and what your business is all about for your clients. Um, and it's also all about how they get to share their story with you. Um, and social media is great because it's really... Um, you know, it really ignites a two-way street with conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if I compare that to direct mail as a marketing channel, as an example, you send out a direct mail piece and that's it. You know, your consumer reads it and you don't know if they're interested, if they're not interested, et cetera. Yeah. Um, with social media where people can leave comments, where they can like, where they can share, you have the elements of connection right there and then you have a methodology by which you can actually track the analytics and see how well you're doing. So I think that was a great question, Damon, because it really it really gives you two different perspectives from a marketing standpoint. One, which is a one way interaction in terms of marketing, where social media brought about this whole two way street interaction um, level component that really didn't exist that much prior. Yeah, yeah. And, and at those companies, were they doing a lot of email marketing as well? Yes. Um, okay. But a lot of the email marketing was templated email marketing, right? So it was, yeah. you know, email marketing that was sent out in mass. It may have been a designed email. There wasn't really that large opportunity for people to really have a conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a public conversation as well. So I think the other piece about social media is... Um, it opens up the ability to have conversations in a more public forum so that people who either resonate with, you know, um, comments that you make or people mm -hmm. who are feeling the same thing or people who want to expand upon maybe a comment that you've made, um, you know, it allows for that level of interaction. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And I just think it had to be such an interesting time as, as that was, was coming together and and really how it just fundamentally changed the way marketing was done. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, social media has had such an impact. And as you see, the social media landscape begins to grow. I mean, you started with these early adopters, like, you know, your Twitter channels, and now you see Instagram blowing up and TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, so the evolution of social media continues to enhance. Um, and it's so engaging and so fun to be, you know, um, part of that whole transformation in the social media landscape. Well, and, and as we're going to, we're talking about today, the power of networking, social media is really where virtual networking kind of the infancy and it's really developed through social media. Uh, yeah, I virtual would say networking. That, yeah, I would say that a lot of networking is inspired by the types of interactions that you can have in social media. 
Um, networking is, and I'm so excited to be, you know, having the opportunity to talk about this topic because, you know, networking can change the life and the trajectory of your business. Um, and again, through the opportunity to have, you know, two-way conversation or three-way conversation or four-way conversation, many things can emerge from that. Um, and so networking does that for you as well as social media. So yes, they are both, you know, you, there are a lot of things that happen in networking groups that are inspired um, and that are prompted by social media activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I kind of got, got kind of got distracted there because that was really interesting. And I wanted to talk about that because, you know, it, it is a part of when you think about how marketing evolved, first of all, and, and we'll continue talking a bit more about marketing, social media forever has changed or, or changed at least the trajectory of marketing and how marketing is done. I think for virtually everything, wouldn't you wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Social media has a grave impact on just how marketing is viewed. Um, It's an additional layer of marketing. There are additional complexities that go along with it, but there are additional benefits to how you can market your products and services. I mean, if you think of social media today, you have things like stories, you have reels. So there's video integration in your social media. Um, you know, you have the capability to do surveys, you have the uh, capabilities to do things like, you know, this or that, or just elements where you can ask people for feedback. So that yeah. also opens the door for customer research, right? So social media is like taken a lot of your traditional marketing channels, and it's, it's provided a new opportunity and direction to do some of the things that we used to do, but in a way that's more connective. Um, as you can see with social media and private messaging and just you know um, the number of functionalities that are available to you, there's just different ways to communicate. Whether you're a person who is um, you know, really literal and but you know how to be short and precise and you want to send some short messages through Twitter and, you know, max minimize your capacity to write as many things like you have that opportunity. You have Facebook, although in my opinion, um, Facebook is not as prominent as it used to be because their algorithms are really strict. Um, and because, you know, unless you're spending a lot of money on ads, the the likelihood that your content is going to be viewed by many people starts to slim down, um, you know, more and more. But that being said, it is a channel where you can definitely um, utilize its capabilities to enhance your brand visibility for your business. Um, It's also a channel where if you want to share a little bit more information, you're not limited like Twitter to a certain number of characters. You can share more. Then you have Instagram, which is a visual platform, um, you know, where people are using it for imagery. So um, you've got LinkedIn as well, which has, which is a networking tool in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, but also if you, the, the most successful people in LinkedIn are really starting to operationalize the idea of telling stories through LinkedIn. Um, so not just talking from a business perspective, but integrating a little bit of the personal and their stories and their content into their overall LinkedIn strategy. And you're mm-hmm. going to be seeing more and more of that, you know, as, as time goes on. Um, but, but I always recommend in every single marketing channel, if you want to be a success, you absolutely have to be a little a little vulnerable. You have to share a little bit of your story. You have to be willing to connect with people and answer questions. Um, but you also have to be willing to, you know, want to gain information from your users and really use that information as part of your story or your strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's wise advice. Wise advice, and it's a great, a great overview of this, of the social media ecosystem because I. There's so many people, I mean, in just from a marketing standpoint, you, if you're on Facebook or you're on LinkedIn or on Twitter or any of these, there's so many different marketing companies that are trying to 
grab your attention to go this way, that way. And, and each one of them is saying that this is the best platform. I think in marketing, you really need to have a guide almost anymore just because of the complexity of individual platforms, the different kind of business you have and how, how that specific business would want to be need to be portrayed on a certain platform even. Sure. Cause David, I'll tell you this and I apologize to cut you off. No, no, no. I'll tell you, you know, the best guide as to what social media channels you should be using is testing and asking your audience. Um, so if you, you know, I always say to clients that I work with, you know, we have to, and I may have said this the last time you and I chatted, but we have to, when it comes to marketing, we have to abandon our ego. <laughs> um, there is, you know, I, and you and I have talked about this a number of times as well. I believe in conscious marketing and part of conscious marketing is really abandoning your ego. And what does that mean? That means in, in, in the simplest of terms, if I was my ideal client and I was selling to myself, then yes, all of these great ideas that just pop up in my head, that would be wonderful. I could put them on paper, I would sell to myself and I'd have a, I'd have a win right there. But, but in most cases, 99% of the time, we're not trying to market to ourselves, we're trying to market to other people. So the same way we have these convictions about what should be in our marketing because our ego tells us that, um, a, a very well-rounded, mindful individual would say, I need to pull away from my ego for a second, and I need to ask my customers what messages really resonate with them, what types of imagery resonates with them, which social media channels are you living in and are you communicating in more effectively? Because when they give you those answers, those are the places that you want to start marketing your overall business. Um, so tapping into your consumer and your customer is, is the best way to get an answer about how to market to them. Just ask them. That's the best way. That's awesome. I just sit here grinning while you're talking because it is, it, it, that it is, I mean, every executive's got an idea about how I think how they should be marketed, right? And and honestly, as you said, doesn't really matter what you think. Go ask your customers and then figure it out. Because you're, how many times do you see, now this is a question, kind of a side question of that. How many times do you see what me as an executive think and what the customers say is the same? I mean, it's usually, it's usually, I would say 75 to 80% of the time, there's a differentiation in the thought process. And, and I want to clarify, like some of, some of your thoughts as an executive or some of my thoughts as a business owner could be relevant to your audience. And it could mm -hmm. be some of the questions that they want answered, but is it the top question or is it answering a problem that they might have? Or is it addressing a pain point that they're experiencing? Or is it speaking to a passion that they have? Hmm, probably not, right? So yeah. it's, it, there has to be a balance. And, and when I talk about ego abandonment, it's not to say that, you know, we do not have the wherewithal to understand what our clients need, because oftentimes we do. It's just a matter of how do we create the messaging in a hierarchy that makes sense um, in a way that it's going to influence your audience to want to purchase from you or work with you. Um, so it's really about messaging hierarchy and making sure that that hierarchy is correct. Um, but not, but but we do as individuals, and I just want to reiterate that, like as individuals and as entrepreneurs, we do have a lot of great ideas, and a lot oh, of yeah. those great ideas will um, will and can work for our audience. It's just that that should not be your only method of research mm -hmm. to drive a strategy in your business. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, you have to listen to the customer. We know that it's not just throwing stuff out there. And, and like you said, the customer may value something that you're not even thinking about in your product. Absolutely. And, and, and this, this is a great example of how many times have products become wildly successful for a reason other than the, the developers intended. Absolutely. It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you talk about uh, 
the affirmative statements in marketing. You mentioned that a couple of times. What what what's an example of that? I guess I'm I'm trying to understand what using affirmative statements in marketing. So essentially, you know, in in my humble opinion, and through what I've seen, you know, working in marketing for several years, um, what I've uncovered is that. When we use affirmative statements, we're actually telling the universe what we want. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's the power of thinking. It's the power of, you know, being mindful. It's the power of conscious thought. Um, and all of those theories can be intertwined and integrated into your marketing. Mm -hmm. And when you're using affirmative statements in your messaging, so instead of saying things like, you know, um, we, we, aim to be the top brand that does X, Y, and Z, you know, we want to say we are the top brand that does X, Y, and Z. And by that, what we're doing is we're, we're telling the universe exactly the position that we want our, you know, businesses to be in. Um, and, I, and I'm going to be honest, you know, to, to some people, this sounds like pie in the sky. It sounds a little woo-woo. It sounds, you know, for some people, it can feel that way. Um, but I have practiced this type of methodology time over yeah. time, and I see the benefits and the impacts that it can have um, when we utilize it and when we're steadfast in utilizing it. The example you gave was spot on. You read those two sentences, we aim to be the best or we are the best. The impact is undeniable. Mm -hmm. The second one is much better. It is, it's, it's, it's felt and, and you really, you understand why it almost compels you to, I understand why I should do, do business with them rather than the first one. Well, we would like to be the best, but we really aren't. The second one is we are the best. Yeah. It, it, and it, if you think about it, if we're saying we aim to be the best, well, how do you classify yourself now? So as a consumer, yeah. as a consumer, I would pick at that statement. I don't know if it's yeah. just my marketing brain, but but as a consumer, I would pick up that statement and be like, okay, well, you want me to buy your products, but you don't even sound convinced that your products are top of the line. So why yeah. should I purchase that product? Yeah. Right. So it's this idea of being, you know, you know, affirmative about your services, about your products, about how you position your business, um, even goals too. When I bring on a new client in my business content redefined one of the first things that i do at discovery is give me your top three goals because a a marketing strategy is going to be very different if you tell me well my goals my if you were to tell me that my goal is to increase um leads to my for for my business um that's going to be very different. And a strategy that, that I might suggest would be very different for that versus a, you know, I want to retain my existing clients that I have in my business, right? Mm -hmm. One is bringing on new clients and what is it going to take to engage them and to have them understand your products and services rather quickly and see the benefits of that in a way that it influences them to buy immediately. And the other one is you've already done the work. You are these people are already subscribing to your products or service or your brand. So now it's how do you keep them glued to you? How do you what kind of fodder do you feed to them to ensure that they're continuing to see the ongoing value of your products or services for that specific consumer? So mm -hmm. it's really, really so when I talk to clients, I'm like, talk to me about what your goals are. And even if we go back to affirmative, you know, the, the affirmative terminology, even with when we're talking about our goals, right, it's very different if I say to you, Damon, my goal is to um, increase the number of leads in my business, right? That's a very different statement than, Damon, my goal is to increase the number of leads in my business by 3,000, um, and I want to do that by you know, May 30th, 2020, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So now I've created a goal that's actually measurable because I, 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 there's a number of, of clients that I actually, or leads that I'm actually targeting and that I'm actually mm -hmm. thinking through that I can meet. And I've also made it time-based, right? So I'm saying, I want to do this by May 30th at the, you know, May 30th, 2022. Mm-hmm. It's a very different statement when you when you define your goals with more clarity. 
Um, but that is also part of this approach of conscious marketing that I'm going to continue to grow and brand over the next, you know, year or so for my business. Um, because it's, it's, you are being very specific about, you know, hey, universe, this is what I need to grow my business in this particular time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you can support that. The universe has heard what you're putting out there. Um, you're consciously thinking through that and analyzing that in your head. So now all of your actions that you work towards mm-hmm. are going to be focused around that, you know, primary goal that you've set for yourself. That is very clear. Yes, that is. And, and when you did, it doesn't, I mean, you're using marketing as an example, but this is the same thing in business too. I mean, this is the same thing. It's like, hey, if I, if I want to increase my profitability to, you know, 1 million to $1.5 million by the third quarter of this year, you know, whatever, however you're measuring it, year over year on a monthly basis or whatever. When you do that though, and you say, listen, I want it to be this amount at this point in time, your, your mind automatically comes to how do I get there? What do I do? Yep. And it really engages you in a, in a different manner than if it was a little bit less definite. And I, I, I certainly agree with that. It does engage your mind and your process in a different manner. Also, you know, and, and, and I share a lot of this insight because I have worked at these larger organizations and, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and some of these ideas we've actually, you know, implemented over time. So that's where I've, I've yeah. gained some of these great learnings. But think about it also from the perspective of, you know, if you manage a team, you, you are giving your team developmental guidance on what is expected of them. You know, there's clarity around what's expected of them. So yes. this way, if the goal is met or if the goal is not met, you have a measurement in place by which you can define whether it's been met or not met. If I just tell my employee that is now working for me, hey, I, you know, your objective is to bring me new leads. Well, if this person brings me two leads, they've conquered the objective that you set forth for them. Yes. But by, yeah. by having a clear, defined statement about how many leads it, it, is included in this new leads number and how long it's going to take or how long you expect them to get to that point, you've really provided direction and clarity for somebody in a way that allows them to become a success. Um, And obviously in this idea of mindful and conscious thinking, we all are successes. Yes. Yes. And understanding that too, it's, it's like you said, if you give them a specific goal they understand what success looks like absolutely clearly which, understand which yields success for your business right yes so that's great yes. yes and you know we use this with our clients as well when we start to talk about what's your what's your what are your goals for next year absolutely. because if you in in our instance we use that in the fact that okay your business is worth x dollars today when when you're ready to exit you want it to be y so that means we've got it this much time and we just break it down. We say if you if you need to grow by double that then by and you're gonna be in here for two years. So by the end of the first year, we wanna we wanna go up by 50%. And that means that the dollars in revenue has to go up each month by this much. And and that means our profitability will go up this much and our yeah. value of the business will go up this much. And when everybody starts to see those numbers and we start to break those down into weekly increments because that's how we are in our clients we always work on a weekly basis all the way through sometimes even in marketing when when our clients are are sophisticated enough that they understand that i need to have this many marketing qualified leads that'll turn into sales that'll turn into um actual profits we can get down to that point with them but my point is it's amazing when you break it into that level of detail as to how much more successful teams and individuals can be because they've got that weekly goal. They know what I've got to do 10 this week. So they know that that's two a day. They know that if if I go to lunch and I haven't done one, I got two to do in the afternoon. It's just so interesting. And and you talked about putting it out to the universe too, because I think that by them understanding they things they're talking to people about, none, whatever, the energy they're putting out, whatever you want to say, I think it helps them 
to actually achieve those goals because they're, they're, they're heightened and, and tuned into really how do I achieve those goals on a daily basis? But it's amazing the difference in teams when you do that. And I'm sure Absolutely. you saw that when you were managing teams too. Absolutely. And on top of that, it works the same the other way as well, right? So if you're a team member, if you're part of a team and all of a sudden, you know, your leadership gives you this objective to, you know, obtain 300 leads by the end of, by May 31st. And here it is May 15th and you're at 315 leads. How powerful is that for you as an individual? Right. Yeah. How driving is that? How influential is that for you as an individual to say, hey, I've actually hit this goal. Now I'm going to exceed this goal. Um, mm -hmm. And you have a measure by which, you know, you hit the goal or you can exceed the goal. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's a powerful, you know, creating measurable goals is a powerful component um, of a great leader. A great leader is going to outline some very strategic and measurable goals for the people that work for them. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's the solid foundation of a marketing, uh, a successful marketing uh, strategy, no matter what you're doing, really, I think. Absolutely. And I know we're talking about it in, in light of goals, but there are so many metrics, you know, when it comes to social media, whether it's clicks, whether it's impressions, whether it's, you know, level of engagement, there are, there are different analytics, um, open rates for emails, like depending upon what channel you're utilizing, there are different analytics um, that apply to those channels. And, mm -hmm. you know, another thing that I like to tell my clients is Google is one of your best friends, right? So, you know, if you don't know what the average open rate is on an email, just, you know, go into Google type, what are the average rates for open rates for this type of email? Um, and you'll get some baseline measures that you can use and then you can compare your kind of output against that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's, it's great. Great to know and remember and, and realize that the information is available. It's absolutely out there and available. We just have to get it just yeah. like abundance. Yeah. There's a lot of abundance in the world. I love to share that with people. There's a lot of abundance out there in the world. We just have to go out there and grab it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So today we're going to talk about the power of networking. I think you and I are an example of power and networking, first of all, because you met Kurt Anderson. Kurt Anderson and I did a show. We met on the show. We connected well and we said, let's do this. I think that when we when we look at the power of networking in in our lives, I would I would like to, first of all, for you to kind of explain what the power of networking really means to you and how it's affected your business life and and personal, if that if that makes sense too. Sure. Um so, so I have done a lot of networking over the years and, you know, I'm going to share openly how I feel about some aspects of networking. Um, there are definitely networking groups that are out there that are, you know, transactional. And I think mm -hmm. that those networking groups are great for individuals with a transactional mindset. <laughs> um, so those people who need deadlines, who need goals, who need benchmarks, and they need them to be dictated to them um, in order for them to see success. Um, however, there are also, you know, and, and I tend to favor, you know, networking groups that are very relationship oriented, mm -hmm. um, where you are doing things like, you know, having meet and greets outside of the networking, you know, the, the regular networking meeting so that you can connect with people on a deeper level. Because um, in marketing, um, about 93% of people, and I, I, I may have shared this on the last um, interview that we had, but 93% of people buy from a place of connection. They buy from people they know, like, and trust. Um, <clears throat> and so maybe there's an undertone of necessity, you know, um, and in a lot of, in most cases, there's an undertone of some sort of necessity or desire. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, the tipping point for people is how do I connect with your brand or what your brand represents or what philanthropy your brand, you know, subscribes to or what is your story? You know, I I in, in the last interview that you, Kurt and I did, I shared a lot about, you know, my story about me growing up and how my dad was, you know, was an entrepreneur or tried to be an entrepreneur. And that's what inspired me. 
Um, but unfortunately, he had so many failed attempts and he never got to see his dream of becoming an entrepreneur come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I shared that story. And if, if I could tell you how many people reached out to me and the first thing they said was, you know, thank you for sharing your story. I went through a similar situation where, you know, I was growing up and we had a bankruptcy or I recently suffered a bankruptcy and saw the impacts to my business. So Mm -hmm. these stories are what thread people. And networking groups are a great opportunity for different people from different walks of life who just want to support each other for them to come together and share kind of what their story is. And you will be amazed by the, the level of business that you can incur just by being vulnerable with your story and sharing that story with other people. Um, and so then I, when I look for networking groups, I look for networking groups that are more relational, um, that, you know, really, um, that really encourage people to connect with one another, share your stories, you know, have Mm -hmm. outside of the actual, you know, meeting itself and really find ways to connect with one another, because I promise you that those connections will breed business, they'll breed new partnerships, they'll breed new friends. Um, And so it's really important to kind of find the mechanism in which you can um, connect with people and tell your story. And networking groups are the perfect way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome, by the way. Great explanation. I just, yeah. Well, because you feel it when you go into a transactional networking group. It's like, hey, do you have any leads for me? I don't have yes. any leads for you. You have any leads for me? Got any leads for you? It's like, hey, I don't have, I don't, I don't just have people every day that, and and when you're a relational person, you don't, you don't have that. You know yeah. people, and if somebody has something, a, a problem that they need solved, or something they would like to talk about, you might know somebody that can help them, or you may, you may be able to help them. But it's not. It's not the here's a nickel, there's a nickel kind of thing. Exactly. And the, and nine times out of 10, the relationship breeds the trust, right? You know, take you and I, for example, and the example that you, you gave before, I met Kurt in a networking group. Kurt introduced me to you. We were on a show, you know, his yeah. show together or you, you yeah. guys' show together. And now I'm on, you know, I'm on the faces of business with you, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the relational aspect that drove this partnership that we have developed and that we're going to continue to develop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so again, I don't want to knock transactional for some people. It's amazing and it's great and it works and it serves its purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, as you can tell by kind of my energy and just kind of the way I talk to people, I want to know about you. I want to know yeah. what inspired you to create your business. I want to know about your new puppy. Like I want to know those types of things. And in those conversations, we will get to business. Mm-hmm. Um, and and whether we end up, whether we end up being business partners or not, whether I give you business or you give me business, there's always this opportunity to share referrals back and forth. And because mm-hmm. I've established a relationship with you. I feel more inclined to be able to share, you know, I take referrals very seriously. If I refer a person to somebody else, I need to know a little bit about this person because I take all my relationships seriously, right? So the referral is, you know, through a networking group, you get to learn more about people and their personas and, you know, how they communicate with other people and how they, you know, position themselves on camera and how energetic they might be. Um, you get to see that and that starts to build the trust. Um, So networking is all about that, you know, looking at people's body language, um, experiencing how they communicate, not just seeing it literally in an email, but listening to how they talk, seeing their energy, seeing their passion. People who are passionate are the types of people that I want to refer to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're, it's so spot on because in those networking groups, those relationships that you build, John Buglino always says, hunt the relationship. I always, it always comes to my mind whenever I heard the word relationship, because it really is. It's a different kind of way to, to grow your business, really, or, or 
develop your your circle of influence not even influence on you because i think circle of influence to me is kind of a kind of a icky term for lack of a better word because i just want to be around the smartest people i can be and i think that for me it's so it it just the passion for me is really to meet more interesting and smart people doing other cool things because when you do that that networking that you're doing there and meeting those people that are really it's like whoa you do that that's super cool tell me more about it and listen to them just being a part of that make i know i don't get smarter from it but it makes you feel like you do yeah yeah (laughs) but but it's that's the way that i i view networking because i think that's I, and, and the funny thing is, you would have talked to me 10 years ago, I would have not, I would, I would have said I was full of shit. The same thing I said right now, I honestly would have said that. And, but when you understand that, I, and, and I hear you speaking about it, I can see it in your eyes that, that you, 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 this, this love for getting to know people and know what's cool about them and what they're passionate about allows you to really, really network at a deep level and a level that will put that know, like, and trust in each other to be able to refer people and refer business if it makes sense. Absolutely. And you mentioned John Bolino before. I got to give him a shout out. Um, he's actually joined my networking group and I'm so excited to have him be a part of it. Um, awesome. He's, he's an awesome mind and an awesome guy and I love having him in my circle. So I just wanted to give him a shout out, whether he's here or not, the universe knows and we'll yeah, send yeah. back to him. Yeah. Um, awesome. But, awesome. But, but yes, to your point about the connection and the passion, um, so much of that is received through a networking group. And, you know, what's different about the networking group that I'm creating is that my networking group is open to not just entrepreneurs and business owners, but I've opened it up to passion seekers. So there are so many people that are out there. They may be retired. They may be going through school where they haven't yet, you know, they, they've either, they're either out of the, the, the job market or yeah. they haven't decided exactly where they fit in the job market yet. Um, and then there are, also, there are also some people who are in the job market, but they are just passionate about things outside of making money, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe it's skydiving or maybe it's fishing or maybe it's their children or maybe it's their pets. Right. And they are, they're passionate about something, but they don't have a forum to share their passion with other people. Um, And so I've created my networking group is for passion seekers and entrepreneurs and small business owners um, that are looking to meet new people, connect with new people, share ideas, but share their story as well. Um, and that's that's a little bit about what differentiates, you know, Networking Redefined, which is my networking group, from other, you know, networking groups that might be out there. Because again, I think people need a forum to share their ideas, their passions, ask questions, and they need a place where it feels safe for them, right? So part of my networking group is to make sure that I create a space that is safe for, pe- for people to ask any question that they want to ask or share anything that they want to share, you know, as long as it's, you know, respectful of everybody yeah. else within the group. Yeah. Well, you, I wrote down the word safe because it's funny that I was thinking about that today and some of the events that we have and some of the events that with my company exit your way that we have when we invite business owners in to come and talk about their business, talk about challenges they have to be able to, you know, to, to honestly give them free advice and help them with what we can while we're talking to them. And the, the, that very word came up with me. How do you create a safe environment for that? How do you create yeah. that safe environment where people can 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 let their guard down and say, "I really don't know what to do here," yeah. or "I I screwed up and I I I just would like to get a couple ideas," mm-hmm. <laughs> because so, that safe that safe spot is is what people are looking for. Yeah. So I mean, so creating a safe space is about your messaging and your positioning, and part of it is about that. So as an example, in my networking group, we're going to have a private Facebook group. Only members of the group will be allowed to join. Um, And part of the rules of the Facebook group is 
you know, you can ask questions, but other than asking questions, you're encouraging members, you are um, celebrating their wins, you're celebrating their successes with them. Um, it's not a place to poach, the private Facebook group is not a place to poach business. It's mm -hmm. a place for people to connect with each other on a deeper level. And it's a, it's a place for people to really be able to celebrate the successes or even share their failures and get encouragement from other people, right? So it's really about the, the types of messages that you promote. Um, it's about the types of structures that you create. Um, you know, when we, when in my networking group, you know, we will do, um, we'll do breakout groups. And in those yeah. great breakout groups, there'll be smaller groups of one or two people that are talking to each other. Um, and as one or two people talk to each other, by virtue of diminishing or, or minimizing the number of people in that group, that that opens up more of a space for people to be vulnerable, for people to share their experiences, for people to feel that it's a safe space for them where they can be, you know, where their thoughts and ideas can be honored. Yeah. Um, it's really the safe space is about creating an aura. And then it's also about creating safeguards within your networking group that really keeps it structured to a certain number of people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's great to understand and understand how you're doing it because it is, that is one of the things when you really want to create a network networking, uh, a, a, I don't know, organization, place, whatever you're doing, virtual, physical, doesn't really matter, mm -hmm. is is how do you make a safe space and how do you make it comfortable enough that we can build those deep relationships mm -hmm. that you can sit down and that I could sit down next to you or we could do this and I could I could say, Kirby, I just really screwed up mm -hmm. and I, I don't know what to do. Or I had this great, great win today and and, and it's, you know, and to be able to, to share it and find others to, to, to find joy in you finding success, yeah. you know? I, and I also think part of that, so I believe that, you know, leadership and support starts with me. Um, and yeah. as the leader of that group, I vow to be vulnerable with my networking group because I want to foster that vulnerability in them. So I'm going to share about my wins, but I'm going to share about my, you know, my my developmental opportunities and learnings that I've gained or challenges that I've encountered as well. Right. Yeah. So it's really important for us as leaders to be vulnerable and to create through our own behaviors and interactions to create a safe space for other people that we might interact with. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And and. uh so before I forget, how do people learn more about your, your networking group sure. or you, you or yes. you the, the marketing and the networking group? Yes. Um, so if you go to my website, we are content um, You will see in the navigation that there is a um, join networking redefined. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, you can join via that Avenue. Um, okay. You can also email me directly at contentredefinedllc at gmail.com. That's contentredefinedllc at gmail.com. Um, and I'd be more than happy to, I would actually love to connect with you personally, have a conversation, talk to you more about the group Very and good. and what, you know, what, what we're going to be doing in the group um, and really just, you know, walk with you and see if that is something that is going to be a benefit to you. Um, you can also find me at um, on Instagram at content redefined. Um, so there's a couple of ways that you can reach out to me. Very good. Very good. Well, I wanted to make sure I asked that before I forgot, because sometimes I do get out of these and we, we forget to do that. So that's awesome. So we are content redefined.com. Correct. We are content redefined.com. Yep. Um, and you can, you can, you know, you can join the networking group there. There's also a contact form on there. So if you want to reach me, um, you can reach me through there as well. Awesome. Awesome. We got that. Uh, so when, let, let me hear a bit about your story of the power of networking before we finish up here. Yeah. Um, so, so as I started to mention earlier, I've been in multiple networking groups. I recently joined, um, master networks, um, and it actually, you know, I had this idea of creating a networking group, 
um, last, as of last year, I started planning this um, just because I wanted to figure, find a way to help entrepreneurs and new business owners do a couple of things. Number one, in a networking group, you can um, you can gain customer research, right? Because you're going to have mm -hmm. different people and personalities in that group. So you can ask a lot of questions about, um, you know, your brand, your products, your services. Um, you can get business advice from people who might be tenured or people who, you know, may own their own business or be, you know, entrepreneurs as well. As part of my networking group, I'm creating opportunities for people to be mentors or mentees. Um, or have accountability nice. partners. Um, so that's that, that's another piece of it. Um, but going back to your original question, I have gone to many networking groups before. Um, and recently I joined Master Networks. And what I found is that when you are invested um, in you know talking and connecting with people, you will certainly see the benefits. I would say that for Content Redefined, which is my marketing company, I would say... 85% of my business comes from people that I've met in networking groups. Um, so having conversations with them, having conversations with them outside of the networking meeting itself, yeah. um, but having them see how I operate in a networking group and how I communicate and how I engage, um, that has brought me a ton of business. So I would say somewhere between 85 to 90% of the business that I get in my, in my, in my marketing company today comes from the power of networking. Um, but I've been awesome. to many networking groups before in person and online. Um, and so, you know, all of those networking groups have inspired me because in all of them, I've met new people, I've made new friends, I've, I've gained new business. I've been able to, like I said, obtain customer research, get business advice, gain referrals, um, come up with new marketing and strategic ideas. There's so many benefits if you join a networking group and you use it to your advantage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, that's that's awesome. And and I just appreciate you stopping by today, Kirby, and sharing this stuff. And and if I want to say one more time, if if people are interested in joining your networking redefined networking group, go to wearecontentredefined.com and and you got can find the information there, contact form and everything, so they can they can get in touch with you and talk about that if they want because it sounds like you're putting together and I know I know there's some great people that you've already got. You mentioned John and others that are going to be on. It's going to be a, a, a great group. So. Thanks so much for being here today, sharing your story. It's always a pleasure. Damon, I love being here with you. You're amazing. Um, and I'm glad we've connected on this level. Um, I'm grateful for you. Um, and so thank you so much for having me here today. I can, uh, I always appreciate the opportunity to spend time yeah. with you. Yeah, yes, me as well. Well, thanks so much everyone for being here today. Thank Kirby for stopping by. We are contentredefined.com. Look at his networking group. Get on that thing. Check it out. Talk to Kirby. He'll he'll uh, he'll tell you what it's about. It sounds awesome. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll be back again later this week.